Welcome to the Detroiter, baby. The first, the inaugural episode of the premier, the premier comedic driven sports talk podcast, sports talk show, whatever you want to call it, for the city of Detroit and the state of Michigan. We're not just talking Detroit, we'll be talking a lot of it, but MSU football, basketball, Michigan, ever heard of them? Football, basketball, people care about those t- sports, those teams. Those teams show up. Those teams move the needle. I fucking, I'm an MSU grad. I guess I should introduce myself. Um, My name's Nick Bradley. If you're new here, welcome. Happy to have you. Hope you enjoy. Hopefully become part of the community here. Hopefully you stick around. Michigan State grad. um, I'm obsessed with the game of football is the best way to put things. I love basketball too, mainly the college variety. Um, I, I, you can't really go to MSU and not be super into college basketball. So it kind of just is what it is. And I've done this a million times, but I figure inaugural episode, I don't know how many people are coming over from what I was doing before with the second string and what I'm still doing, um, or how many people are brand new stumble up. Someone's, you know, gave you the advice you stumbled upon it in your, I don't know how Apple podcasts work, like maybe your for you, for you page. I don't fucking no TikTok. I don't know how you came here, but if you're new hierarchy, I love all sports. First thing first, I love all sports football for sure. My favorite sport, um, Detroit Lions, my number one team. Like if right now I figure this is probably the best time, get it out of the way. I've done like deeper, deeper, more in-depth talks about why I feel the way I do about each team, but here's my hierarchy of championships right now. Number one and forever will be one probably even past the day, if it ever happens in my lifetime, the Detroit Lions. I don't know how you can like football and be from Detroit and not have them as your number one, to be honest with you. Like the only possible scenario a sports fan here doesn't have them one is if you just hate the sport itself. So Lions won, not even fucking close, to be honest with you. Not even fucking close. Lions won. I've long said, and I still hold true and will ever, will forever hold true to this. I don't care where I am or what I'm doing on earth. If I'm alive, knock on wood, when and if the Detroit Lions make a Super Bowl, I will be in the city of Detroit that weekend, and I will stay through the parade. (laughs) I hope I didn't just jinx anything, but it remains the same. I will be in Detroit for the parade. I will be in Detroit for the Super Bowl if the day ever comes, no matter what. Fucking I don't care. Number two, MSU football. Number three, probably MSU basketball. So Lions and then State are my next two. Like, I I don't know. I love watching college football. I love watching college basketball. But I think State, too, it's just so much more personal. Like, it's weird. The Lions, I think, are one because, like I said, football. Like, I've been watching football and a fan of it my entire life. Like, I don't remember a single day where I haven't been obsessed with the Lions. But state is like the next level of emotion. Like I'm going to state obviously changes it. Spending four and a half years of waking up on a Saturday and the place is fucking buzzing and you feel it in the air. And when the team's winning games, that place is just different. Like a Tuesday in September is different. The year we're going to the Big Ten Championship. Like a a Wednesday in December is different when you beat Ohio State in the shoe with your backup quarterback. Like after living through that, after going to school with the likes of Cassius Winston, probably, well, for sure, my favorite MSU athlete of all time. That changes you, I think. Like I don't, there's no way I could have ever done that and been at school for that. 
and not become obsessed with MSU sports like it just was never going to happen. So MSU football, ipso facto, just football. I love football. I also fucking love – I've had this debate with so many people, which is fair, um, the NFL versus college football debate, which is fine. I Like, I think NFL football itself is probably better. I just love – I fucking love the pomp and the circumstance and the just ridiculous fanfare of college football. Like there's fucking fight songs. You have bands there. There's mascots. The stadiums fit a hundred thousand people. Everybody's wearing the color. Everyone's singing the songs. You walk by someone, go green, go white. Like all the fanfare and weird fucking cultural stuff that goes along with college football. I love like Brett Musburger and Kirk Herbstreet. Ooh, Oh, they cut in that camera shot from the blimp, the stadium striped. Like, it's a crisp fall evening. Something about it. Something about college football just has always and will always hit different. So, MSU football two, college basketball three, and then Red Wings four. The Red Wings are for sure my second favorite Detroit-based team. Um, And then I would say those four. Those four are like, I'm watching every game. I'm reading articles about them. I'm obsessed with them. I'm like visibly upset or visibly happy and in a great mood when things happen to them. Like they control my emotions. And then the next two, it would be Tigers and then the Pistons. Both again, like I'm, I obviously follow. I pay, I fucking hate Michigan. I'm going to talk about them because I like, you know, talking about sports in general. And it's a Michigan Detroit based podcast. So of course I'm going to talk about them. I fucking hate them though. I don't know if people were expecting me to like rank them in there. As far as the Tigers and the and the Pistons, um, I do like the Tigers. Playoff baseball fucking rules. For me, I played baseball all my life. It was like my sport. I've murked people on the mound. I could spot the fastball. I could spot the changeup, spot the curveball. I was disgusting. I loved it. Do love it. I love to play. I love to throw baseball still. As far as the Tigers, A, they've been dog shit for the last five, six years. B, 162 games, guys, is it's long. Like we gotta major league baseball. We we gotta cut that down. We gotta cut that down. I do like the Tigers. I certainly am following along. I know who's playing well, who's playing poorly. Like I probably watch a game a week, I would say, like maybe two. Right? I'm not watching 162. I'm watching 30, probably, maybe 40. Like it's different too, like I said, when they're absolute dog shit. Um, and then again, it's different when, if it's not Mize, if it's not Scooble, if it's not Manning, it's kind of like, well, who am I even watching? Like, what's the fucking point? But I am a fan. And then the Pistons for, far and away, my least, my least favorite, the least I'm interested in. And again, it's kind of similar thing. I only have recently gotten into NBA basketball. So like I said, ever since I went to state big college basketball, but NBA, it's like, the regular season, same thing. Like, ah, just never has totally done it for me. And then you mix that in with the fact the Pistons have been irrelevant for like the last, what, 10, 12 years. Like not even like, eh, they're all right. Like irrelevant, nobody worth watching. No reason to watch no storylines, nothing just fucking may as well not exist. So that kind of hurts. That makes it tough. Um, when I'm not an NBA guy to begin with, and then the hometown team is literally Bill Simmons. If you're new here, I'll say this quote in reference to the Pistons a million more times. I've said it a million already. How are you irrelevant for the last 10 years, but somehow have zero assets to show for it? That's really the best way to describe the Pistons since 2010. And it's really the best way to describe or explanation of why 
like, you know, they got Cade. They got, or hopefully they're going to get Cade. I have, you know, there's thoughts to be had on that. But they have the first overall pick. They have some young pieces. Now it's like, oh, maybe the Pistons, they got it figured out. Troy Weaver's new guy. Let's see what happens. So, sure, now's an interesting time. But leading up to now, my entire, like, adult sports fandom life, I'm not an – I'm 24, so obviously 12 years ago I wasn't even close to it. I still don't think I'm an adult. But I'm saying my entire sports fandom life were, like, I have a brain and I remember things and I could have a conversation about – like, I know the player's name, shit like that, where you're not just, like, a kid watching – the team in the blue and the red dribbling the ball. My entire brain having sports fandom life, they've been dog shit. They've been super uninteresting. Um, they're, you know, they tried to fucking make the AI, the T Mac, the soup Blake Griffin. They love trying to make the star happen, trying to become interesting when these guys have nothing but like 18 holes of golf and collecting their retirement checks on their mind. The Pistons love trying to become interesting then, but they haven't been actually interesting. Actually, like, uh oh. Are they going to win a playoff series this year? Are they going to finish above an eight seed for the first time since 2009? They haven't broken that threshold since I was in fucking elementary. So that definitely has a big a big reason to do with why I don't really give a shit about them. And then you mix in the fact NBA basketball, like give me, give me an MSU game over that all day. So we'll see. Like I hope that changes. Certainly if and when, for the love of fucking God, they take Cade this year. I'll be tuning in for some games the following. Like I don't, I, I think that goes for probably eighty percent of people next year that'll be calling themselves Pistons fans. I guarantee. I bet you eighty percent, if not more, will be watching their their first Pistons games in years next year because of Cade. They'll be like, "Fuck it, opening night for the Stones. I gotta watch tonight." I will be. There's no chance I'm gonna I'm gonna miss opening night for Detroit next year. But guess what? I haven't had that thought in the last my entire life. So we'll see. So that's a quick rundown of me. Um, like I said, like the description of the podcast, I'm going to talk Detroit sports. Really, the inspiration behind this is I'm a Barstool fan. I like the ringer with Bill Simmons. Like, I love the I love podcasts, A. B, I love the tone of podcasts. I love sports. I too if that's not fucking obvious but i love the tone of podcasts where they talk sports they talk about them it's not just like like not to rip on it pmt they're fucking i wish i was big cat so i don't even know how this could be construed as ripping on them but they are a little too like over the top jokey which is fine if that's your thing whatever everyone's got their thing but i like the podcast or the content where it's like they're talking sports but it's not some nerd feeding you analytics like Okay, according to this fan graphs, at 32%, he should be playing. And this guy, 31%, shouldn't be playing. Like, I don't need that shit. I like when they talk about sports because they watch the sports and they say, hey, this guy stinks. I watch him the last 30 games. I watched this guy on the Red Wings play all year. I watched this dude on the Tigers pitch all year. He's good. He's bad. Whatever. And then a little comedic flair, the the regular dude tone. Like, I don't need some ESPN fucking analytics guy or some person, no offense, who's a journalism major that's, like, going to be Mr. Suit and Tie prime and proper delivering me facts. I'd rather have someone who is watching the game, normal person, into sports, like, likes to try to be entertaining, try to be funny. That's what I consume. Um, and it's like, why does that not exist in Detroit? The Barstool, the Barstool Network, they have people obviously from Boston, obviously from New York, Barstool Chicago. I'm a big fan of 
they do Redline Radio once a week. They talk about the Cubs, Blackhawks, White Sox, fucking Bears, everybody. And it's like, wait a second. I know Chicago's bigger than Detroit. Fucking no shit. Why does Detroit not have one of those, though? I know Detroit's not the biggest city. I think it's one of the bigger markets. I know it's always, oh, small market. People don't realize how many Detroiters or Michiganders leave this area. Like, they are Detroit fans. Sure, they live in L.A. Sure, they live in Texas. Sure, they live on the East Coast. They're Detroit fans. They just don't live here anymore. People don't realize how big the market for Detroit, at least to me, from my perception of everything, they don't realize how big it actually is just because the population of Metro Detroit's only like 5 million or whatever. B, people are obsessed with sports here. Michigan, Michigan State. Like, there's a reason people are so fucking into those schools and their athletic programs. Like, Chicago, they're great. No one really, I mean, Illinois, I guess. But does anyone really give a shit about Illinois? Barstool Carl's like the only guy I can think of, right? I think there's a market here in Detroit. I don't understand. Obviously, they have like the fucking run of the mill, the regular radio spots. They probably have some network or, or something like a, like a SB nation that has a Detroit thing. But again, those guys keeping it more in like the prime, like the, Oh, goody, goody. Like we'll give you stats and be nice and just talk about numbers and players. Not really any comedic flair or any personality, if that makes sense. So I'm going to deliver it. Fucking why not? <laughs> why not us? Right. That's a classic locker room saying, why not us? That's the reason I started this. So I mentioned earlier, there are some people that this may be the first time they're hearing me or discovering the Detroiter or discovering the second string or discovering what it is I do or hearing my voice. That's because this podcast is new. This podcast itself, the Detroiter is brand new. Um, this is going to be a weekly outlet, a weekly episode that is just Detroit. Detroit sports, Michigan, Michigan State. And then like if other shit's going on to Detroit, maybe that too. I, I have, I, for the last year, I've been running a separate podcast, just a little background called the Second String Pod, and that's kind of been everything. I've been doing Detroit sports on there. I really like movies, so I talk about movies. I'll talk, I like trying to be funny. I like comedy, so I'll just talk about random stories or random things, random observations in the world, and talk about them and try to make jokes about them on there, too. So the idea behind this, the Detroiter now, this becomes the weekly kind of separate niche avenue, the the only feed, the Detroit sports specific feed once a week. And then the second string pod will stay kind of more of, oh, the comedic. I'm talking about why why is it that people feel the need to stand up on airplanes? Or why is it that we only celebrate the fourth for three days? Like why don't who fucking decided it can't be a full week? where I talk about random just everyday life stuff and try to make jokes. More of a just like a pure comedy podcast, I would say. So I'm trying to just diversify, trying to make everything more niche, more searchable, where if you're listening to this right now, you probably care about Detroit sports. You want to listen to Detroit sports. But maybe you don't care about that other shit that I was talking about or I do talk about on the other feed. Now you can just subscribe to this feed, listen to this feed, and there you go. So that's the idea. That's the background. I hope that was good enough. Um, I don't really know what else to say about myself or the background. I, I It's weird because I'm sure most of the people listening kind of already knew. I've prefaced this show coming on the second string pot a few times. I've talked about trying to diversify and making it more niche, obviously, with this um, podcast. And I also want to do a separate one for movies. 
So I've talked about it. It shouldn't be a surprise, but just wanted that felt normal. I felt like I had to first episode, give a little background, give a little bit of a, I don't know, like a fucking, is that epilogue? Is that what they call it in books? <laughs> like the first chapter that isn't technically a chapter felt like I had to do it. And then of course, for the new people, I didn't, they, if I, if they get here and I, I just start talking sports, I guess they would probably understand what I'm, what it is, what I'm doing, but felt like I should give them a little background, introduce myself, kind of what this is going to be, what this is, where I came from, why I'm doing this, what I've been doing, shit like that. So hopefully that was a good enough uh, background. Hopefully if I missed anything, fucking let me know. There's, there's going to be now, now this is the tough part. I'm going to have new social channels for the Detroiter. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find it on Twitter. You can find it on TikTok. You can find it or no, I don't have, or I do have a separate email. So you can email me, Twitter me, fucking message me on Instagram, whatever you want. Let me know if I miss anything on the background, you have more questions, whatever. Let me know. That said, that said enough with the intros. I went much longer than I wanted it to. We're going to talk some Detroit sports today. Michigan, Michigan state, still a little cold. I'm going to try to wait until August to get into the football the heavy like Lions upcoming season, heavy state upcoming, heavy Michigan upcoming. I'm going to try to wait a little bit until the fall. So today we're just going to do Detroit Tigers MLB draft. They had the first round yesterday. They took, they took two right-handed pitchers. They, they passed on a shortstop, which they fucking desperately need. They passed on the best bat in major in the major league baseball draft they passed on the guy that after yesterday is already ranked as i think the 39th best prospect in baseball and he's 18 they passed on him because they're overflowing with infielders that can hit the baseball the red wings tyler bertuzzi linked to the toronto maple leafs i hope so like steve eiserman is probably fucking licking his chops and then fucking the pistons with Cade and just people saying Jalen Green. I don't – it's driving me nuts. What do you guys mean? The reason you tank, the reason you're bad, the reason I don't care about the Pistons is because they haven't done this. The reason you tank and are bad and are irrelevant for such a long time is so one day you get the chance to take Cade Cunningham. And now we're going to talk about trading him away for like an extra pick that's the seventh pick or something. Guys, that's the fucking point of being bad. And now we're just going to piss it away. Like, Part of me is like, please trade it away and never be good or have anyone care about you again, Detroit. Please. Like the fact that they're even entertaining it or it's even being talked about makes me want to be like, fine, take your own medicine, fucking losers kind of thing. It's moronic. Take Kate. Um, and then the Lions, there's a bunch of... Matt Stafford, oh, apparently now he's the most underrated guy, underrated quarterback who's ever fucking played football. Oh, really? The day he leaves Detroit, now it's like, oh, my God, this turns out that Matt Stafford's pretty good, guys. Turns out Matt Stafford's got a good arm. Really? The day he leaves Detroit, now, like, ESPN's addicted to talking about him. The day he, the day he leaves Detroit, we got top 10 quarterback in the league list coming out, and he's ranked sixth. The day he leaves Detroit, we're talking Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford. Fucking going into last year was like, is he a top 20 quarterback? Is he a mid-tier? Is he better than Andy Dalton? Dude, I don't want to do like the whole Detroit, like, whoa, it's me, Napoleon complex thing. But fuck it. I don't know if I can help myself. 
it fucking infuriates me. Guys, wh- why why is the national media like anybody, all these people right now who are like, oh, man, Matt Stafford this, Matt Stafford that. It's okay to say, like, people who play for Detroit franchises are good. Like, that's fine. You're not going to upset anybody or lose your job if Detroit Lion Matt Stafford is recognized for as good as he was. Like, that's okay. I don't know, like, what this big fear is or this stigma. Like, wait, just wait. He's going to go to L.A. Just wait, and then you can put him in the top ten. Like, what is that? And all the people fucking Twitter debates, people saying Dak Prescott's better than Matt Stafford – wrong maybe he's more accomplished even though he's never passed the divisional round maybe he's more accomplished fine sure you maybe again maybe matt stafford's lost in a couple wild cards too like maybe he's more accomplished um he's not the better player though he's not a more talented quarterback and that's a fact i don't care what stats or what metrics if you have functioning eyes and you've watched both of them play it's like the first time either of them throw a football it's incredibly obvious who the better quarterback is so we'll touch on all the sports i i guess usually i i should preface how long these usually go usually i try to keep them to like 40 45 minutes this one may be longer that intro was quite lengthy um but yeah if you're new here again usually like 40 45 maybe now since these detroit sports episodes will just be weekly they'll be closer to an hour we'll see we'll see um in the meantime before I take a break, if you ever miss or like, let's say something happens during the week, follow me on Twitter or the second string.com blogs there. If something happens and I miss it in the middle of the week, or I, you know, we haven't done the episode or we already did the episode blogs there, Twitter videos at Nick second string. I'll do live reactions. Like Bertuzzi gets traded live reaction, bet your ass, right? Things like that. Check it out there. Just always have a fucking pulse. You don't need to have it multiple times a week. Once a week on the pod, blogs at thesecondstring.com, videos, other thoughts, whatever, at Nick's Second String. Check that out. So quick break. We'll get into the sports. First things first, the most relevant on the table, I would say, at least as far as the Detroit teams go, the Tigers, the draft. They took... Jackson Job, right-handed pitcher, 6'3", 215 or something, just beefed up, lanky turkey out of high school, 18-year-old righty, throws hard. I guess he's got a good slider. He's got good mechanics. I don't really know. Like, I'm talking like I've fucking been watching this guy. I don't know a thing about him. What I do know is this. Two things. A, Alavila was getting absolutely crucified, um, dragged through the coals, lit on fire, Stannis Baratheon's daughter type fucking oath uh, uh, a rendering to the gods i don't know i mean it's tough to say whether you hated the pick you love the pick you didn't care about the pick really impossible to say now like who knows five years from now this dude might have just been winning his second cy young five years from now he might be flipping burgers at the wendy's down the street who knows what i will say is this a i guess this is tough to say because avila's track record and just how fucking long this rebuild has taken. It's tough to really give him credibility. Like with the Red Wings, when Iserman does anything, whether it's great, whether it's bad on paper, you can always just kind of say, well, it came from Steve's brain. So it's probably good and I trust it. And who am I to disagree with the fucking godfather of modern hockey? Fine. Avila, not quite, not quite, not quite at that level credibility-wise, especially with the fan, the fan base. 
they seem to think he has unbelievable potential. He said the reason they took him is, oh, we've scouted this this many pitchers. Obviously, they have a good stable of pitchers already up in the bigs with Scooble, Mize, and Manning. And he said this dude has unbelievable potential. They love what he sees. They think he can be in their big league organization really soon, yada, 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 yada. Obviously, he's going to come in and defend the pick. He'd be a fucking moron not to, which I guess when we're talking Alavila, can't put it past them. If they truly believe, here's my stance, if they truly, truly, truly believe this Jackson Job kid is like, oh, man, the, these other two, the Pirates and the, uh, who picked in front of us, Texas? The Pirates in Texas just passed on fucking Pedro Martinez. If they truly, deep down, like Alavila, after he took a warm bath and had his glass of wine last night, he looks himself in the mirror and he's like, fuck yes. We just got 18-year-old Pedro. Like, if he, if they truly believe they got a steal. They got a guy with Cy Young potential. They got a guy who they're going to one day say, we have Job, Mize, Scooble, and Manning, four guys that you aren't going to touch starting in our rotation. If that's genuinely what he believes deep down, I guess. I guess. I What that earns you from me, I'm not going to sit here and say, fine, it's great, I love it, and fuck no. They should have taken a bat. How do you not take a bat? The whole reason you've been bad for as long as you have is because you don't have a bat. You look at this season, too. The only reason the Tigers have been whatever they are, like the fifth or sixth best team in baseball since the beginning of May, is because of the pitching. So it's tough to look at it and say, oh, we need more of that. I mean, yeah, you can always use pitching. Starting pitching, probably, knock on wood, probably the most important aspect to building a winning baseball team. But when you have, you've spent your last few high round picks outside of torque on pitchers, when you have three, four guys coming up, you have three, four guys kind of in the rotation that are 26, 27 and younger. And you have nobody that plays the middle infield and fucking can swing a bat. You don't have many people that play the field at all that can swing a bat and you pass on a guy who's a shortstop, who's 18, who they say has the best bat in this draft, who has power, who can play the field. it's it it's tough to defend like you're never gonna get me no matter how good joe that's not true right now you're never gonna get me to come on here and say man what a great pick i love it they went with their gut they went with what they believed they should have taken a bat the detroit tigers anybody with a brain knows they need bats they not not only do they need bats, they need bats that play critical defensive positions, i.e., they need a bat that plays shortstop. Marcelo Mayer was that guy. People thought, and I think the consensus idea was that he was going to be the first overall pick. Pittsburgh kind of swerves, takes a catcher, and then Texas takes lighter out of Vanderbilt. All of a sudden, Alavila and the Tigers are sitting with the best bat, the best position player. I well, yes, I mean. I don't know why Pittsburgh took a catcher. I guess you need a catcher. Detroit probably our catching situation isn't great as far as hitting wise. You have the best bat, the best positional player in the draft that falls to you at three and you need positional players. Like you don't need Jack Leiter. I guess if you're at two and Jack Leiter's there and you take Jack Leiter, it's like, fine. How do you pass on him? Whatever. Even still, I would have preferred they take Mayer and take the bat. He falls to you at three, the number the number one prospect in the draft by most accounts, the best bat. He plays fucking shortstop, a position that you don't have any of. 
Torque's a corner guy. Riley Green's an outfielder. Dingler, I think he's an infielder catcher. Like, you have a few position players coming up. You don't have a fucking sniff of a dude who can play shortstop well. And you're going to pass to take another right-handed pitcher? Another right-handed pitcher who's 18, who may not be in Detroit for the next four years, who may fucking blow out his arm next year and we won't ever see, like... You're going to take that risk over the best bat and shortstop in the draft. (sighs) I just don't know. That sigh really says it all. Like, I don't, I just can't get behind it. Detroit, the Tigers are in a position right now where you can't really afford to take huge risks. You need players. You need decent to good players at every position. You need darts at the dartboard. You just need quantity. You need guys. You can't afford to have the third overall pick at the back end of your rebuild be a nobody. You can't afford to have Jackson Job never play an inning in the majors. You can't afford to have that. The odds of that happening with an 18-year-old high school pitcher compared to the 18-year-old best bat in the draft shortstop, a lot higher with the pitcher, a lot fucking higher. And like I said, maybe he'll be great. Maybe he'll win 20 Cy Youngs and 50 World Series, maybe. But for now, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The one thing I, I saw a lot of, the baseball draft is very fucking weird and convoluted, and I don't know how it works. So I guess if we would have taken Mayer, we would have had to pay him more so we wouldn't have been able to use our consideration pick. So later in the draft, they took Job third overall, and then they took <laughs> they took another right-handed pitcher, Ty Madden, out of Texas. College guy, a little more mature, a little more sophisticated, probably. I watched his highlights today, actually. Guy was painting his fastball. His slider was pretty nice. That one, too, looked solid. Took him, 32 overall. Apparently, he was ranked on most accounts as the ninth best prospect in this draft. So Alavila gets two of the top 10 prospects in this draft with the provisional pick and with their actual third overall pick. When you look at it from that regard, that's pretty damn good. You can't complain about that. I don't really get why this Madden kid would drop to 32 if he's the ninth best player, according to the prospect rankings. Um, Again, he's another right-handed pitcher. I guess that's kind of their philosophy towards the pitching is, okay, we have these guys. We have Mize, we have Manning, Scoobles are lefty. Okay. We are going to need another guy, maybe two. We'll see what happens with the likes of Turnbull and so on and so forth. Maybe their philosophy is let's take Madden, let's take Job. Hopefully one of these guys becomes the last. Hopefully they both close out the rotation and we just have fucking studs every night of the week. But hopefully it's their mentality is odds are two young guys, two young right-handers. They're probably not going to both pan out and become success at the major league level. Hopefully one of these guys hits. I guess I can respect that logic blows again, blows that we're just not taking bats when we so desperately need people that can hit baseballs. You win in most sports and certainly in baseball by scoring runs. And we don't have guys. We don't have many guys that can do that. Jonathan scope fucking who knows what's going to happen to him. Um, Akil Badu is one guy torques, another guy, green dingler, like who on the big league roster is going to be here in a few years, Badu. Willie Castro, who's more off and on than anybody I've ever seen. Fucking Candelario, who's like, his ceiling's like, okay. (laughs) Like, we're just passing on these guys? Unless Chris Illich 
has a fucking Brinks truck sitting outside Carlos Correa's neighborhood right now, which I find hard to believe. I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. Interesting. I don't want to poo-poo it because, again, we'll see. Maybe Joe will be the best pitcher to ever play baseball. But when you when you have nobody that plays the infield in the system, when you have nobody, very few guys that can hit at all in the system, it's tough to pass on what is the number one consensus pick, shortstop, bat, for another pitcher. That's tough to swallow. Um, Red Wings. Tyler Bertuzzi being linked to the Leafs. Again, another one. This is kind of the flip side of the Alavila thing. Listen, I would hate to see Bertuzzi go. I like Bertuzzi. I think he plays real hard. I think he plays the right way. He's pretty productive for a guy that when you think of Tyler Bertuzzi, at least personally, and when you watch him even, you're not thinking, oh, man, this guy's fucking dangling, passing, making plays, lighting it up. You don't think like that. You look at the score sheet, and he stuffs it. He tips pucks. He fucking is in on plays. He works well with Larkin, and he worked well with Mantha, that line. I like Bertuzzi. He's a tough guy. He'll check you. He'll fucking fight your ass. He works hard. He some he just scores. Like he he's a guy where it's like he knows where the goals are. He finds himself in the right place at the right time, which whether you want to call it luck or whatever, I think that means something certainly in hockey. Like it is important to know where the goals are on the ice, where to be, when, who's going to deliver what pass where. I think Pertuzzi's a real nice player. He's still pretty young. What is he, 24, 25? Apparently the Leafs want him. The Leafs, the Leafs, interesting spot. Kind of choked it out. Tough cup run this year. (laughs) Getting dethroned by the Habs in round one. I don't know a ton about the Leafs and their prospect system or where they offer would begin or what they'd even have to offer or what Stevie would want. I mean, I know what Stevie would want. Picks, prospects, money. Like, I know what Steve wants. I don't know what the Leafs would be prepared to deliver. I know the reason they're looking at Bertuzzi is because Zach Hyman, who by all accounts is older, not as talented, and more expensive, not great, um, than Bertuzzi. He's he's a free agent or he's going to be a free agent. So the Leafs are like, all right, well, this Bertuzzi kid's just fucking better and younger and cheaper. So let's just replace Hyman with him. Fair enough logic by the Leafs. I would imagine from Steve Eiserman's perspective, I know Hyman went to Michigan. I don't know if he's actually from Michigan, but I'd imagine from Steve's perspective, if if the Leafs are approaching you about a Zach Hyman for Bertuzzi type deal, what's in it for me? Is would be the first words out of Steve's mouth. Like, why would we make that trade? For all the reasons I just listened. So he's older. He's not as productive on a better team with more talent around him. And he's more expensive. <laughs> so why the fuck? So why the fuck would Steve Eiserman trade for him? <laughs> why the hell would he trade for him? I don't know what the Leafs prospect pool's like. I don't know if they have a stud defenseman or a goal scorer or a forward. Red Wings still are kind of in that space where they need it all. I don't know what they have to offer. I do know this. The Red Wings could use another defenseman. They could use another top top six forward. They could use a goalie. They could use more draft picks. They could use pretty much fucking everything except old, not that productive, expensive guys. That's pretty much the only thing they don't need. And here's where I draw back to Avila. Like I said with Avila, it's tough to kind of give him the credibility and say, hey, maybe he should have taken Mayer, but you trust Avila. Fuck no, that's not the case. 
I would hate to see Bertuzzi go. I think he's a good player. The injury he had last year sucks. Kind of, you know, whenever someone gets is injured and misses extended time, whenever they get injured in consecutive seasons, it fucking is worrying and it sucks. Listen, you got to be available to be good in the first place. You got to be able to go to your job to be good at it. I love Bert. I love the way he plays. I think he's a good hockey player. I think he's an underrated hockey player. Would be sad to see him go, but at the same token, if Steve Eiserman comes across from the, a package from the Leafs or otherwise that he thinks is worth Bertuzzi, fucking Steve, follow your heart, brother. I'm I'm tucked away right into your heart. Follow that shit. Let's win a Stanley Cup sooner because you got rid of Tyler Bertuzzi. When Mantha, the deal came around this past trade deadline, but when the rumors started to swirl like, oh, shit, like Anthony Mantha kind of in the doghouse, wasn't back-checking very hard, not producing really, and it's like, fuck, man. This dude's 26. He's supposed to be part of the core. He's supposed to be a reason that the that the team isn't as bad as they are right now. And he's just kind of eh, kind of so-so. It was sad. I was still like, I, I'm a Mantha believer. I think anybody who's seen him, anybody who's seen him at his best, it's tough not to be. When he fucking wires those wrist shots, you're like, bro, why don't you score every single game? You just shoot the puck and you're going to score. He could be a frustrating guy. He'd show you the potential, and then it, he'd take it away like a rabbit in a hat. And when he went, when the rumor swirled, it was like, I don't know. This is risky. Like, Although he's maybe not the game-breaking guy or, or he, he may not live up to the potential we think, he shows you the flashes, the possibilities there. Like, Do we really want to give up on something that sh- has shown us what he can be for something that we have no idea what it'll be? Steve Eiserman made the trade. Vrana fucking lit it up, and we got free picks with it. And all of a sudden, it's like, why would Washington ever make that deal? After that, I, I, Steve, the reins are yours, my brother. I trusted him before, certainly in the free agent and contract negotiations. But after that trade, where he dealt one of the pieces of what was thought to be the core for picks and a younger guy, obviously Vrana kind of came in and played right away and contributed right away. So contributed more than mantha i might add right away so it wasn't a huge drop off it was actually an uptick as far as production after that trade it was like all right steve if you want to fucking deal larkin i'd be sad if you want to deal fucking most cider i'd advise against it but if you think it's right i trust you so that's kind of where i'm at with bertuzzi i like him i think he is a fan favorite just because of the way he does play um again i do think he's underrated but if Steve, if Steve sees it fit, if he gets a good deal, if he says, hey, Tyler, we're going to ship you halfway to Timbuktu and the Red Wings are going to be better for it, then Tyler, pack your fucking bags, buddy. I do like Tyler, though. That <laughs> came off mean. I do like Tyler. But Steve, I'm all in on Steve. If he wants to trade him, fine. If he doesn't, fine. Like it's I, Seeing as though the Leafs are already so hot in his pursuit – it feels like other teams will come along and say, hey, maybe, you know, Toronto's not the only team in play here, which ideal scenario there. And then now Steve Eiserman's making like Frank Reynolds and pitting two pig dealers against each other, getting the best possible offer. And we got more fleece than a sheep factory. So we'll see what happens. Last thing I wanted to talk about on the docket today, this Matt Stafford stuff is it's getting out of control. It's getting out of control. Just because he leaves Detroit, 
Now, oh, he's a top 10. Oh, he's sixth. According to Phil Sims, according to this guy, according to that, sixth best QB in the NFL. Oh, man, what a what an uncovered gem Matt Stafford has been. Oh, Kyle Shanahan, Matt Stafford, he could play. Really, guys, no fucking shit, everybody. No shit. Does this mean that I have more of an ability to identify talent than people in and around the NFL? Kyle Shanahan, I think it was like last week or two weeks ago. Man, that Matt Stafford guy can really play. Have I? Do I know more about football than Kyle Shanahan? What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, bro, he's been around for 12 years. You just now last week realized he can play? Have you ever seen him throw a football before? Like ever. Have you seen him throw it over 30 yards? The guy like flips his wrist and the thing is on a frozen rope. Oh, but last week you realized he can play. I'm so annoyed, and I mentioned it earlier. I hate to do the whole like, oh, not not like the gatekeeping, like now everyone's talking about Stafford. Fuck that. It's great for Stafford. I'm happy for him. He's a fucking legend. He's a Detroit icon. I will forever be sad that he didn't win one in Detroit. Like he deserved it more than any other athlete that's played while I've been a fan of these teams. I guess maybe not like Zetterberg, Lidstrom, those guys definitely deserve their titles too, but I guess maybe the most deserving of the ones who didn't win one. I hate to gatekeep. I hate to gatekeep, but media just cause he plays for the fucking lines. Oh, I know we're a joke. We can't win. Yeah. yeah. I get it. Just because he plays for the Lions doesn't mean he doesn't have one of the best arms in the NFL. Fucking Aaron Rodgers, dog. It took Aaron Rodgers on the Pat McAfee show last year to be like, hey, by the way, like everyone's sucking this Mahomes guy off for these no-look passes. I've been playing against Stafford for the last 10 years. This dude does it on a weekly basis. It took 12 years. It took Aaron Rodgers. It took a divisional rival. It took a guy who's been killing Stafford and the Lions for his entire career, it took him to be like, wait a second. Everyone's talking about Mahomes is great and everything, but like, do people just not realize Matt Stafford's alive? I know the Lions lose a lot, but they still play. They still have a guy who plays quarterback and is fucking nasty with it. It took Aaron Rodgers on Pat McAfee's show to like nationally recognize the fact that this dude's arm is made of vibranium. Oh, but now he's in L.A. Oh, he's with the Rams and McVay. They might fucking cause some noise. All of it. Wait a second. Stafford wearing Stafford wearing the Rams colors. This guy. Wait, this guy can throw the football. Did people know that? Did people know he could come? Did people know he could throw a football accurately and far and on a rope and dissect defenses? Did people know that? Did people know he's one of the toughest guys in the NFL? They couldn't have possibly known while he was in Detroit. Not not allowed. Not allowed to know. Not allowed. His career may as well have been Georgia. Twelve years later, he's in LA. Like it's so fucking annoying, guys. He existed in Detroit. We've been saying it for his entire career. We've been getting poo pooed for his entire career because oh, the Lions are a dumpster fire and they can't win and he hasn't won and blah blah blah. I get it. Yeah, I wish Stafford won too. It would look better if he won. I fuck obviously no fucking shit. It doesn't mean the guy's not one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. And then I see another thing, Dak Prescott. Let's not pretend like he's not better. What exactly is Dak Prescott better at than Matt Stafford? Having 
an all pro offensive line for his first couple of years, handing it off to Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> what, what exactly is Dak Prescott better at than Matt Stafford? And I don't even know if you, I guess maybe you could say he's more accomplished. He's made the playoffs twice in his career, lost in the divisional round both times, but I'm not fucking keeping score. Stafford's made it three times, lost every time. Fair enough. Hold on a second though. Matt Stafford last year or no, two years ago was the first time they'd had a thousand yard rusher in like five years. (laughs) They don't have thousand yard rushers Detroit or a hundred yards in a game. Rather we haven't had a thousand yard rusher in God knows how long we don't have thousand yard rushers. Dak Prescott's made the playoffs twice in his career. First time he made them 2016 Ezekiel Elliott fifth highest total in the history of the Dallas Cowboys rushed for over 1600 yards that year. Other time Dak Prescott's made the playoffs 2018 10th highest in Cowboys history history. Zeke Elliott ran for over 1,400 yards that year. What exactly is it that Dak Prescott's better at other than handing it off to an elite running back? What is it exactly that he does? He doesn't have a better arm. It's not stronger. It's not more accurate. He's not better at picking apart defenses. What exactly is it that he's better at? Oh, running a play action, and because the defense is so afraid of Ezekiel Elliott, Jason Witten's wide open in the end zone? Okay, like I get maybe his stats, again, because the defense is afraid of him handing it off to Ezekiel Elliott who ran for 1,600 yards that season. I get his stats might be better because because things change. When you have a run game and you run a play action pass, people are wide fucking open. When you haven't had a 100-yard rusher in a game for the majority of your career and you run a play action pass, nobody gives a fuck and your guys are covered. Just keeping that in perspective for all the stats people who have no clue what they're talking about. If you watch Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott both play football, you watch them throw a football, you watch one of their games, it is so fucking obvious who's a better player. It makes me sick. You think Matt Stafford doesn't win a Super Bowl with one of those Cowboys? Maybe not win a Super Bowl, but go farther. That 2016-year Dak Prescott's running for 1,600 yards. Doug, Matt Stafford runs a play-action pass in that uh, in that offense. It is a 30-yard gain every single time. Either a guy wide open deep, a guy wide open in the middle, or a guy open in the flats, he's going to make the right read and make a great throw every single time. The only thing Dak Prescott's got on Stafford is he runs it. Sometimes. He's just like a more physical, I guess. But he's the guy who just missed an entire season. Wasn't Staffy. In his 12th year, I wasn't Staffy missing an entire season. Staffy was the guy who could have sat out when the season was all for naught and it was useless for him to come back. He could have sat out on Thanksgiving, but he said, I'm the quarterback of the Detroit Lions and it's Thanksgiving, so here I fucking am. But people are going to tell me Dak Prescott's better. Maybe he has better stats. Maybe he has a higher QBR in his career. Fine. The only thing football-related a talent, a skill related to the game that he is better at, maybe running. Other than that, handing it off to an all-pro running back. That's the only thing he's got. As far as playing the position goes, fucking miss me with that. Too many people these days, not just football and sports alone, just look at stats and numbers and are like, this number's higher than his, so he must be better. Watch the game. Have a clue what you're talking about. You watch these guys both throw football. You play one snap. It couldn't be more apparent who's more talented. All right, folks, that's all I got today. I'm going to save the Cade conversation for one more week. I'm trying to get some guests on. 
That's all I got today. I appreciate everyone listening. Welcome to the Detroiter. Appreciate you coming along for the ride. Fucking weekly Detroit sports. Next week, we won't have the intro portion, so it'll just be all sports. It's going to be fantastic. I'm going to try to get some guests on. Hopefully, Jaden Reed, um, wide out for MSU for State's football season. Some friends next week, hopefully, for the Stones. We'll see. Anyways, this is just the beginning. I'm glad. I'm glad people followed. Let's get it going. Thank you.